You're listening to the God Stories Radio Podcast with Mike, Fritz, Trish, and Tina. Listen to us live on the Mixler app. Also, be sure to follow us on iHeartRadio and you will never miss an episode. Stories Radio. This is session 117. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Trish. How's it going over there, guys? Great. Fantastic. Sparkling? Sparkling. Take two. You guys look sparkling. <laughs> we are up and running 100%. And man, I'm so excited about our guest tonight. I can't stand it. You can't stand it? I can't stand it. We'll sit down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. It's a native Floridian via uh, California. Via, via Buffalo, New York. Buffalo, New York. Yeah. Via. Yep. So he's been around the world and back so i I can't wait (laughs) you know it so uh mikey what's going on this week just uh praising father amen waiting for him to open up some doors amen to that amen to that trish how you been good good i've been getting deeper and deeper into the word i'm trying to muster up everything that i'm gonna need to get through law school so i'm kind of planning that out now and talking it over with the father. Are you sure about this? Yeah, that's always a good thing. Yeah. Talk it over with the father. Yes, and I'm is. really excited to be in Florida. I was just saying it's like beautiful outside today and how blessed we are to be here. Um, and we are. I mean, people vacation here. So it's kind of like a vacation every day. <laughs> you bet. Yeah, you where, bet. Do, where do Floridians go for vacation? Caribbean. <laughs> yeah, I cruises. I love cruises. <laughs> to the mountains. That's the only thing better than Florida is a cruise. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, Trish, we got some shout outs this week. Oh, yeah, we do. Okay. We've got um, Facebook likes Rimple Chaudry and Genevieve Salazar Bantelon, Megan White. Thanks for liking us on thank Facebook. Thank you for liking guys. us on Facebook. Yes, thank you for and liking us like- on Facebook. Keep liking us on Facebook. Anybody that hasn't done it yet, please do so. Yes. Just do a search in the window for God Stories Radio. And I'd like and to then, welcome all our new listeners on the Freedom Radio Network. I mean, too many to count. Really? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Amazing. And then we got regions. Uh, Nebraska is tuning Nebraska. in. All right. Listening. Welcome. British Columbia. Ah, BC. In Canada. Mm-hmm. And Winnihoke, Nam- Namibia. Namibia. I practiced that beforehand, and I still couldn't get it right. <laughs> That's amazing, aren't they? Like South they're Africa. the number two or three. Well, they were top listener I, there. I think they've they've switched over to. I believe they switched. If they were as strong as they were at the beginning, I believe they switched over to iHeart. Where we can't really tell. Yeah, well, that's thanks true. I to guess. The iHeart. But I know a lot of them listen on the Freedom Radio Network. Yes. In Africa. Yeah, you bet. All right. Mm-hmm. And we got some iHeart followers. Bill Young. Thank you, Bill. And Constant Taylor. Constant Taylor. Also, Skincare Talk Radio. 
Skin Care wow. Talk Radio. Thank you. Skin we'll Care that. Talk Radio. And anyone out there listening on iHeartRadio, please go to iHeartRadio, go to God Stories Radio, and follow us. We would love that. Follow us. Every time we upload a new session, you'll get notified. That's you'll right. never miss another session. We'd like to uh, welcome our listeners on uh, Mixler. Yes. Uh, we have several Who's listeners there? now, and I can't tell who you are, but uh, I know you're there, and uh, thank you for listening, and you're in for a treat tonight. We got a great guest. We have a wonderful guest. Um, also, too, I uh, just want to uh, remember AJ in prayer. Remember AJ from the Raging Tech show? He was here the, yeah, a couple of weeks, weeks ago. ago. Uh-huh. His dad's in pretty bad shape, and um, they were having his lung was collapsing, and they were having to go in and do a procedure, and he may have to go back out there. And uh, so he uh, texted me before the show and where's his dad at? Asked if we would uh, remember him in prayer. Let me see here. I can. He's in Washington. Oh boy. I don't know if that's Washington State or D.C., but I'm assuming Washington State. Probably. Wow. So if we could just remember him in prayer, um, that would be wonderful. Yes. Thank you so much. And I have something also during the week. A uh, Jessica Namintala from Africa, uh, Uganda, actually. Uh, somehow she, she was a, a Facebook friend, and she has a ministry over there, and uh, she posted something to all her fr- family and friends and everything else that uh, uh, she, it seems like she cares for a bunch, a bunch of children. Mm. And their pantry, their food pantry went dry. They had uh, crops, uh, growing crops, and with the, as it said, the constant uh, sun had killed that too, so they were in uh, dire need. So I would just, um, um, Jessica Namantala, and the, the name of the ministry. Yeah, what's the name of the ministry? Maybe some people can plant some seeds. We still have two. Pastor Wilkins out in Kenya. Mm-hmm. He's caring for, um, I don't know, about 15 orphans right now. We have a, a lot of really great pastoral connections that the with Father the orphans. Is, uh, yeah, us up with. so if you have a heart for the orphans, let us know. We'll hook you mm-hmm. up. It's uh, El Shaddai Alpha and Omega Ministries International. And again, that's in uh, Uganda. Um, so if anybody. It feels a tug on their heart and everything else. Yeah, or just contact us and we'll connect you. Absolutely. Yes. So we want to remember Jessica and and her ministry. Also, uh, prayers would also AJ's father and uh, everything that he's going through and yes. and hopes that he will. Uh, and of course, uh, if recover. they have a testimony, they can write us in. That's right. You can get in touch with us at God Stories Radio at Gmail, and you can write in your testimony. Or better yet, we'd love you to come here, or They're you can call in. We'll take you. Any way we can get you. Or you can tweet us. You can tweet us, as Mikey says, at God Stories Radio. Hit us up at the Gmail. Like us on Facebook and all that stuff in between. Absolutely. We greatly appreciate it. So, all right. He's enough patient. of that. He's patiently waiting. Yes, he is. <laughs> and I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> I'm turning it over. Mikey, who we got? All right. We have Marty Angelo. Yeah. Yes. He's an author. Uh, uh, reading his book, he has been everywhere. 
Yes, he has. And met everyone. And everyone. He's partied <laughs> with Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin and John Lennon. John Lennon and, it, and Fritz Amrine. <laughs> and the list just goes <laughs> Mike on Jewett. and on. But uh, it, it, then he it, found God Jesus. Got, it, well, Jesus found him. <laughs> yes. And uh, Jesus, from what I read in his book, he shouldn't be here. Yeah. <laughs> not, and, not, uh, not from what Jesus, I saw. Right. He's like the cat with nine lives. And I think Jesus saved him for nights like this. Yes. So I turn it over to Maddie, or Marty Angelo. Well, you know, it's really a pleasure to be here. Thank you so Thanks. much for Thanks, having Marty. me. Thanks for coming, Marty. Not everybody says yes. Yeah, especially all the way from Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale to uh, That was a drive. Orlando. Thank you. And, um, but it's, it's just um, when you say that you know, you're fortunate to be alive or that you're surprised that I'm still here, I say the same thing every day and um, I know that God intervened in my life at a time where I really wasn't searching mm-hmm. I, I didn't really I was searching for something right but you didn't know but that. I didn't know what it was and the religious uh, part of it that I was raised in um, it didn't seem to take and you know I went to parochial schools uh, in, in grammar school and a couple of years of high school I even went to a military school and um, <clears throat> we never were told that God loved us, uh, never had the Bible, it was a forbidden book. Uh, we couldn't have Protestant friends. Uh, we couldn't go to Protestant weddings. And it, this was, you know, it's unusual to talk about it like this because nowadays it's not like that anymore from, right. from the Roman Catholic Church. And, uh, but, you know, I always wanted to be a priest. I was a little altar boy. And um, working your yeah, way towards me too. being yeah. a priest. I mean, I was an innocent kid. No, but he really was working his way to be a priest. <laughs> yeah, he I know. Set. I remember reading I did. the book. I, yeah, I had little hosts and, and uh, a little setup. He stole. And stole the hosts from the yeah. priest and drank the wine and uh-huh. had investments and stuff in my room. And so, I mean, but there was no direction. There was no encouragement. You know, when I did get in trouble with these hosts, instead of the priest, you know, correcting me it was disciplined it threw me out of the altar boys mm-hmm. it was more of a judgment instead of an encouraging well gee the guy wants to be a priest maybe we should help him right right let's <laughs> facilitate so that far. Really. Right. and nowadays it probably would but this was back in the 50s and and um um that wasn't like that and so um I, you know going to military school was supposed to be you know like, like after that you'll go to jail <laughs> No, if you don't straighten out. Right, next stop. And, and yeah. that was done, that was uh, run by the Christian Brothers of Ireland. And they were pretty tough. The guys. military <laughs> school yeah. was? Yeah, it was a Catholic oh, military goodness. school. And we had no Bibles, no Bible study, no, that just. So, you know, when I try to put this in perspective, not to lay blame anywhere because I was responsible and I should have been a responsible person, um, but I didn't have the foundation. And I didn't, so I, I went after every whim, mm-hmm. anything that the world offered. And um, I loved music, and I always uh, uh, wanted to be in a band. Uh, was coming into my own, you know, the Ed Sullivan show was on, the Beatles had, was on, uh, were on the show and all. And I started to relate to that lifestyle. Right. And um, I, I wasn't very good at playing the piano, and so it, it never really went anywhere. I did have a couple of bands that I was in, and, but I wound up uh, being introduced to, um, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but 
when I went to school, when I went off to college, um, no, I didn't go very far, University of Buffalo. Um, I was introduced, and I can relate what's happening nowadays on the college campuses and what's happened with this recent election. Because I was exposed, and I went as an innocent kid. And most people that go away to college, you know, they're pretty, you know, parents are still holding on to them and not wanting them to the go. The apron and, strings. And you're yeah. like, get me out of here, I want to go to school. So, but I was introduced to this, to radical liberalism. Where that was prof- during the Vietnam War. Yes, and the, and the professors were radical. Liberal. Yes, yes. But I, I, I didn't know what those words were. I was just a kid that was going to go to school, honestly wanting to get an education. But I had to listen to these professors browbeat us, mm-hmm. saying that the war was wrong. We're all going to die. You're going to get drafted. You're going to go over and fight some war. It, you know, smoke pot demonstrate here's the signs go out of the college campus and demonstrate so i became a student for democratic society if you remember that it was called the sds, SDS. abby it hoffman yeah, abby hoffman jerry rubin bobby mm-hmm. seal the chicago seven were all a part of that and they disrupted the democratic convention if you remember that back in the so 70 with mayor daly in chicago so i mean and i got so wrapped up into this that i was Used to, um, I used to book band. I had bands play in the backyard of my house when I was a kid in high school. So I was exposed to it. I used to spin records, and I'd charge people a dollar to get in. And 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 you know, I just happened to fall into that pr- promotion business end of it. Party and so, Marty, right? <laughs> and that's where that name started to come from. Was Party Marty? Our Marty, I was always good for a party. And so, I my job then for at school was to book the bands that went along with the Chicago Seven speakers, because they would have a speaker every other week that came to co- the college and rousle up everybody and get them against the war of Vietnam and, and uh, overthrow whatever president was, Nixon. And you know, the, ultimate, the ultimate end of that, which I hope doesn't happen to our, this generation, was f- four dead in Ohio, which was Kent mm-hmm. State. Right. And when the military came and shot four kids, and I would hate to see it get that way, but it looks so familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like you know, and I and had how these, history repeats itself. Yeah, and, you're you just... know, I had these radical bands, the Grateful Dead. I mean, that was the biggest drug group, uh, Jefferson Airplane. Woodstock. You know, they would come and play, and then the speaker. It was always a, a speaker and a band, because the band would attract, they'd entertain, and then the speaker would get up and give this rousing, you know, violent almost against the war in Vietnam. So anyway, that's where I was exposed. And that's how I, I led my life. And I, I became a radical liberal. And everybody else was straight. Your parent, well, there was a generation gap, they called it. Mm-hmm. And you were either with them or you were against that's them. Right. And you had your long hair. And the way that you could tell was you had long hair, you smoked pot, you looked like a hippie, everybody looked like a hippie. And you became a part of that Woodstock generation. And I just fell right into it with no foundation of Jesus, no foundation of the word of God that I could fall back on. So I just, and we never used the word sin. No. Uh, that was driven out of our vocabulary. I mean, sin, we, what was the mantra of the day was uh, turn on, tune in, and drop out. That was, <laughs> if it feels that good, was nice. If it feels, feels good, good, do it. That's right. And do a lot of it. And so mm-hmm. I believed that. I mean, who am I to say that it was Timothy Leary if was the one that good, came up. He was better. a yeah. Dr. Timothy Leary, the famous LSD professor. 
I mean, and he was from Berkeley. And so, you know, we were just these Buffalo college students. So what did we know? We went along with the, with the group we followed. And so I never was a leader and I never had anybody to really follow other than a bunch of losers. Even though when I became more successful in the entertainment business, these people were considered godly. If you want to put it that wow. yeah, mildly, that's right. Wow, you know they, these were idols. Which anyone knows, if anything you study anything about idols, you know you take away somebody's idol, you know, you, you have nothing. And so, I would be introduced to these people and work with these people and role model after these people. Listen, if Jimi Hendrix can do it, and look at this man—he was very successful. He was uh, one of, considered one of the greatest guitar players mm-hmm. in the world, and here he was giving me a break when I was trying to get a booking for a band that I was managing out of Buffalo, New York. Raven. The Raven, right, there you go. He read my book. He read the book? And so, and I thought I was just gonna be cast aside, get out of here, because that's what the club owner of the, of the, of the place called The Scene, his he name was Steve He took you Ball. in private though, right? Right, he took me, the, the owner wanted, just told me to get lost. And so I, I didn't know what else to do. A while later, he sees you in his so, office. So, yeah, he sees me sitting in his office wondering what I'm doing. And, like, Hendricks was over to the side, so you couldn't see who, who was in there with me. He just thought I was sitting at his desk. <laughs> ready to call the security to get me out of there. But then he saw Jimi Hendrix there. And so then he, I became – If it's funny because in the entertainment business, the most the most suits, we call them, which was I, – I guess I would be considered the suit, but I didn't have a suit but I was in the business part of it, they usually are told what's good. So as soon as Hendrix said to this man, Steve, Paul, this guy's got a good band, all of a sudden I was his buddy. Right. You know, oh, and he in, never even in. heard the band. Yeah. He didn't listen to me say it was good, and I told him it was right. good. But because he said it was good, that means I must be cool because Jimi Hendrix thought that the, he listened to the tape that I had, and it was cool. So now I was in. <laughs> Wow. And so that started me on a, on a higher level of, uh, of the entertainment business. And so I, uh, I worked uh, in New York, out of New York, and we opened shows for Led Zeppelin, Jethro Tull, uh, all the all the big, big groups, and uh, traveled all throughout the country. And then um, that band uh, had a lot of problems, a lot of personal problems. If you know anything about bands, right? They each have their personalities. <laughs> right. They're like children. I mean, if you have kids, you understand. If hey, you Marty, one. I've seen Spinal Tap. I know how it goes. <laughs> so I laugh about it now, but it was, you know, when you're when you have thousands of dollars invested in something, yes. and they tell you, "Look, it, we're splitting up." Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, very, very uh, disheartening. And 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 uh, you're young, and you know, I I didn't I didn't know what else to do. I mean, I, I uh, so I, I mean, I, I had a lot of contacts, so I had a different hat. I became a, a concert promoter. And so instead of booking bands in the backyard, I started booking bands and music halls and festival fields and things like that, that uh, uh, venues that more popular groups and, and um, was successful at doing that. And, and, and so you use your contacts in this, in that business to to move move along it's who you know and um so i became uh disheartened i was just just depressed i mean i was not happy doing what i was doing i mean i you think did you that think i would you were happy did you I, well at time i mean if i stayed happy? drunk enough and high enough i was happy and but i wasn't i mean i was miserable really well you constantly said in the book that you always felt there was something missing right 
Yeah. I always felt like I was on the outside looking in. And if that makes any something. sense, you know, yeah. that, that why are all these people seem to be having a good time and I'm not, even though I am, uh, mm-hmm. I have, or you're doing, I'm doing what they're doing, right. but I'm not having the good right. time that they seem to be having. Right. And, and is there something missing? That's how I overdosed. by the well, way. Well, there you go. I mean, yeah. And, and I mean, I tried to commit suicide a couple of times because I was just so uh, just, just a wreck yeah. from the abuse that I was doing to myself but I didn't know how to break away from that abuse in order to get straight. We didn't have uh, rehabs back Mm -hmm. in those days. We didn't have rehabs when I got straight. Rehab (laughs) was was AA meeting. That's what it was. And and no one ever considered themselves drunk enough to go to an AA meeting. And so it wasn't in. Drank out of paper bags. Right, now it's in. Now, you know, know, fast forward, and I've worked with a lot of celebrities in in, in California um, that, Every other day they're going to these rehabs. I mean, and they're beautiful rehabs. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mountains yeah. and Promises and this, mm-hmm. Malibu this, and Malibu. There's one oh, on yeah. every corner. I think the city of Malibu decided that they, they passed the <laughs> referendum. There's no more rehabs. <laughs> and, and, uh, but it, it's, it's funny it's that, that they're there. The and, help and, is there, which is well, good. It's a good thing. But uh, what I've learned now, I've been at this 35 years, and, and so... And I've worked in these these types of most of the rehabs that I worked at were Christian faith based rehabs, mm. and I never went to rehab. Uh, my rehab was, I guess, prison, when I was in a jail cell in Dade County, Florida, and I told the guy, the jailer, I said, "Look, it, I'm not, not, I'm not supposed to be here. I, I'm in the music business," and he said, "Shut up and sit down, lay down in your bunk and be quiet, and the judge will see you in the morning." And that was kind of an awakening. Like, Were I you guess like, I, does he know who I am? Well, that was the kind of thing that I, mm-hmm. because we protected ourselves from getting arrested. Yes. We had police at concerts that would keep people away while we were in the back getting high. Yeah, I mean, they kept, so it was a, it was like this awakening. I wasn't a drug dealer. It wasn't like I did the guys I was, I was getting these drugs from were drug dealers. I mean, if you're a drug addict, you got to get your drugs from somebody. And That's right. Dealer. But you were sharing your drugs. Right, which right. Which kind of counts. Which is considered <laughs> dealing. Right. Yes. But I wouldn't take it and cut up and go out on the street and sell it like they do nowadays where your guy pulls up in a car and you give him a, a nickel bag or something. We was just we would use it to get records played on radio stations. That was kind of a payola type of a thing instead right, of money. Right. If the guy, the DJ doesn't want the money. He wants, give me, get me high. And, and you're coming from Miami. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Bring it on. Right. You know, this is the best. And, the, and you go to some little town in Davenport, Iowa, trying to get your record played. And right away, it's the pick hit of the week. <laughs> he didn't even listen to it, but he sure, certainly did your, your cocaine that you gave. So to get arrested, and be in this jail was was a very rehabable situation. What incident would you say was basically your two by four upside the head? Well, that was that was that was a major that. yeah. Because I had gotten DUIs. In fact, that's how I started the celebrity outreach. Was uh, um, I had um, I had driven lived in Malibu, and I was driving from the house in Malibu to George Harrison's house in Malibu Colony. And we were going to get together. We're talking a record deal. And I got arrested for a DUI. I was drunk on this specific coast highway. And so fast forward all these years, and I wrote this book and did all this ministry and stuff. And there was a celebrity, very famous movie star, was arrested. 
on a DUI on the same road in just about the same spot that I was. <laughs> so I thought that, that was, was that cop spot. <laughs> that was a God moment to me of why just reach out to prisoners and drug addicts and rehabs? Why not take it one step further? And God was showing me and opening this door. I think right. celebrities have a very lonely well, yes. kind of life. It, well, because I, I knew them all. I mean, I, in, in my generation, they were miserable, just like I was, even though they put up a good front. Right. Their wives left them. Their kids hated them. They were strung out. I mean, they, they had a lot of money and lived in the mansions. So I knew what it was like to have uh, money and, and fame and all of that and still have that emptiness. And so... Um, that was so I reached out to this particular celebrity. I had never reached out other than the, the prisoners because when you're, I put myself in the same position. When you get arrested, that's a time that God's trying to talk to you. Yeah, that's a God moment. Yes, and, and so or, or somebody dies or right. somebody the, the divorce or those are God. That's when God's got His bow and his arrow pointed yes. at you, and it's a spiritual thing. And you can go either way. So yes, what, what, you when you're when you're down like that, I always remembered my sister who reached out to me mm-hmm. and, and tried to help me along the way. And I said, well, nobody reached out to me other than family. Your family, but right. I didn't have books and I didn't have a guy that had gone down this road and thought enough of me to send me a book and a letter. And so I thought, well, maybe it'll work. Because I, I certainly wasn't intimidated by the celebrityism. Right. Because I met some of the biggest mm-hmm. and I wasn't intimidated to go up to Jimi Hendrix and say, Hey, Jimmy, you want to hear a good group? I mean, and he was turned out to be a giant. So when an actor or an actress gets arrested, that was nothing to me to contact them. And then I started getting this contact in the jail. And so we started that. So, I mean, um, I guess I got ahead of myself. I, so, you know, I want to talk about I, in the jail and you, my moment when you celebrity. asked me my moment. Yes. Right. And so, that to me was a big because it was a very serious, serious charge, and uh, they had numerous charges, and they had this. The you deep, didn't tell us how that happened, how that all went down to get getting arrested. Yes, what happened and led up to that. Well, I mean, I was I was buying drugs in Miami for uh, to to bring back to California, and my I had friends that were uh, boyhood friends that were dopers and club owners and bar owners and nightclubs and stuff. And so we just stayed friends. And so they had moved to Miami and, and I would see so them every like once in a while. you were like visiting them. Right. And you were going to pick up some drugs. Right. And, and I was staying there for California. a little while. I had lost this TV show that I had. And um, the I dance was, show. the dance show. Yeah. It was called, uh, it was like I said, I, I, I had a different hat. And so when when some, when a door well, closed, you lost you lost your identity though. Right. When you lost the show, right. And you had to pick up right. a new hat. Right. And was, and I couldn't. There wasn't a hat anymore. And, yeah. And uh, and I think that was while far God let me go. And um, the the uh, the TV show I should have never lost. And I think my sister uh, Joanne, uh, who's recently passed away last year, um, she. Um, uh, she said to me, uh, you know, you, you, you're going to die. You're, you, you need to change. And, you know, I never could process what she meant because she kept tell- sending me these Jesus tracks and these Jesus books and things that she was trying to get my attention. And so um, when I was in Miami, um, I was able to... Um, uh, 
you know, God used that moment. When I lost my TV show, she started praying. Instead of God save my brother, she started praying, God, do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. And that day that she changed that prayer Mm -hmm. to do whatever it takes, which means whatever it takes. The two Mm -hmm. by four is just fine. Whatever it takes. I mean, (laughs) and and don't be gentle. It was just right. That just, same day, we looked at the calendar, too, a couple of years later, and I said, you know, when it was, when, oh, yeah, Marty, I've got my prayer. She had this, all these papers, all her different prayers. And I said, well, that was the day I had the meeting with these people. These, You know, this was my idea. I wrote it. I was producer, creator. I, I mean, it was my concept, my vision, and, and it was the epitome of, of, of success, a successful television show that would be syndicated around the world lots of money and uh and and why would you be written out of the picture other than god why mm-hmm. would that happen i mean if you remember the smothers brothers were, oh, yeah. they, were mm-hmm. they were the number one rated show in the country and they said something negative about richard nixon the president and they were taken off the air it was mm-hmm. that type of a thing i had the number one show in this time slot, which didn't mean much to many other people, but to me it did because I was beating out wide world of sports, football games, basketball. I mean, you name it, but people were watching because this disco era was very, very getting very, very popular. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, mean, I promoted the music from Saturday Night Fever and Thank God It's Friday, the movie Fame. All of these things led up to this TV show. I remember my mom coming home on a Friday night and saying, she was doing the hustle in uh-huh. the kitchen. Yeah. She said, I just learned this great new dance, the hustle. It's called the hustle. Yeah. We used to teach it in the privacy of your own home. We used to yeah. stop the show and have a, a dance instructor come out with the camera behind him, zoomed him in on his feet so you could learn how to do this. Oh, and we were doing this before Saturday Night Fever. So we, we were, I was mainly a record promoter at the time. So I, was, I mainly did the TV show to promote the music because I was working for a couple hundred records. So you had a radio platform stage. for so it. Yeah, because yeah. It was, you couldn't get any radio play on it, but we were still selling a lot of records. So anyway, that that whole thing fell apart. And so, so you I, think God pulled the rug out? I do, When absolutely. it comes to that yeah. show? Yeah, because, you know, and that's why you, I'm, I'm sensitive to trouble, troubled people, because... Um, first of all, that you have to allow them to go through their changes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Heartbreaking to see mm-hmm. it happen. To watch them get yeah. torn down sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I just sometimes. went to a psychiatric hospital the other day. And, you know, a lady's 30-something years old, been a junkie since she was 11. Wow. And the mother's crying, and you got to help my daughter. And I said, well, does she, does she want help? Well, she's been to five or six, seven, eight rehabs, and they don't seem to work. And I said, uh, well, I know that for a fact that they don't work. And I mean, some of them do. The, the percentage, this is a strange statistic, but the percentage of these secular rehabs are zero to 4% success rate. It's ratio. very oh. low. Zero, which means no. nobody. Is Alcoholics Anonymous has better turnout. Than well, that. And, that, and they're barely, they're about six, you know, and 6%. that's a, that's a wow. you know, that's a, a uh, white knuckle type of thing. Mm-hmm. You, know, you got to go to those meetings. You gotta, there's no recovery. There's no uh, new birth right. in these things. They they shortchange you. They say they're going to do all of this. You're going to get better. 
And they don't want you to really get better. They, they want you to relapse so that you come back again, especially nowadays with the Obamacare we're paying for, for the rehabs. Uh, you know, even Trump now is he is rehabs. Uh, don't jail them anymore. Just put them in these rehabs. And so now the shysters, if I can say the word, because a lot of those rehabs are being run by people that are just in it for the money. Right. I met one guy who was a who was a uh, had his license taken away. He was a stockbroker. He couldn't uh, trade stocks anymore. He heard about these rehabs that you get thirty thousand dollars. He got dollar each, signs in his eyes. Each person a month. Now multiply that. Let's how many more people can I get in? So they got a hundred, two hundred people in these rehabs, and they're each getting. 30 grand, 30 grand up to 30 each grand person. each person it doesn't take a, a brain surgeon to figure mm-hmm. out i'm in this for the money and i tried to establish christian uh track within these and you can't you can't mix the two you can try but they usually fizzle out I mean, darkness doesn't like light nope. no no and people love darkness they love their sin mm-hmm. that's pleasure and sin for a season but they don't identify, these rehabs don't identify your problem as sin. And so you've got this sickness now. You've got this disease. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to treat you like a diseased person, like you have cancer. Diabetes. No, or right. Cancer. But, I mean, the difference is, is that if I have cancer of, of the lungs, I can go and get an MRI or a CAT scan, and they'll say, Marty, see that spot on your lungs? We got to get out of. We got to get that out of there because you got cancer, and so you get surgery, and and it was identified, but there's no identification of a disease of alcoholism or drug addiction. There's there's symptoms. I mean, you burn out your liver or your kidneys or your brain by doing too much of it, but there's no MRI that you could treat. You could say, okay, here's the MRI now, Marty, and we're going to do your body and see. There's that drug disease that you've got you can't identify so that's why these programs don't work and i mean i hate to say it but i've saw more failures in those programs even in the celebrities that i've worked with that want to like this actor that i reached out to he says i wrote him a letter and sent him my book and i didn't think he'd respond sends me this beautiful letter uh thank you very much marty that's great. And I was, I own my suggestion always in rehabs is as long as it takes for, and, and whatever it takes, that's your attitude that you have to have when you right. go into this thing. No buts. So anytime I hear a but, mm-hmm. I say the good person's Excuse. not ready. Yeah. Right. I, I can't take that much more time on this. Go do what you got to do. I'm not going to convince you that you need to get better. Right. No one That's tried right. to convince me. They, yep. My sister did, but she was using Jesus. Right. She was telling me that you can have a new birth. And I said, I always wanted to have a new start. And just give me a new start at life. Let me try it over. Re- reboot me. Right. And, and that's what over. got to attractive, attracted to me. Attractive to me was when these men and women that she brought me over to their to their house in this farmhouse in Buffalo, they were telling me about being born again. Wouldn't wouldn't you like to be born again? I said, well, Are you kidding? I my old concept of born again was I want to be another astrology start, change. 
Can I be born under a different sign? A different sign. Because the Libras got all the girls, and, and I, I was a Virgo, so I didn't. It, I, was it Pat Travers that said he was born under a bad sign? <laughs> well, that's what I knew. You know, I didn't know what. But when they explained it to me, and and the thing is, is it worked. I mean, that's that's the you had the experience, right? And and so once that experience happened. I was like, oh my gracious, this is what I've been searching for all of my life. I can be born again. And it really took root. Tell us what happened though. They they sat and explained to you what born again was, right. what it meant. Right. They and first then of they all led they led you in prayer. Yeah, they they had they tried to um um well first of all my wound up at my sister's door and she had been, like I said, been praying for me. And so she I had no, she called me and said, I love you. And we never said I loved you in our family. We were old school. They were happy that you should be happy that you got food on the table coming through the depression. And parents didn't know how to nurture yeah. like they do now. Mm -hmm. They see the importance of it, you know. But the old schoolers, they were too busy. Uh, anyway, um, so she's telling me she loves me and, you know, God loves you, Marty. And you're, you've been arrested now. You're out on bail. I love you so much. And I thought, I better go to my sister's house. She's having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> She's talking all that Jesus talk. <laughs> Killing me with kindness. Right. And 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 she's I, I maybe I can help her. Right, right. By going to her house. <laughs> and so I knocked on her door <laughs> and she just about almost passed out. I mean, she didn't expect it was gonna be her that would be bringing she, you right to and she Christ. just would yeah. pray for witnesses to come into my life and god send somebody because i was always gone and she so, didn't see but, herself as the messenger no and, and, and when you get arrested nobody wants to know you you're lucky if your family wants to know you mm -hmm. i was fortunate that's what i was thinking i was laughing to myself that you were going to help her right. and here you just got out of jail right but <laughs> i because I, I, she was that you're not violent she was that emotional crying weeping for me that was Jesus through her yes. living in her. Yes, because he knew I he would have been dead weeping. when you when yes. I first saw you tonight. When you said that you're still here, you know you're still with us, and I really would have been dead. I was in the hospital many times. I overdosed many times. Uh, I had rapid heartbeats of 300 beats a minute, uh, you know, and, and lied when I was on the gurney. The nurse says, "Have you taken any stimulants or something that would make your heart rate go that high?" I have no idea Good why it's doing that. Yeah. No, I'm here facing eternity. Now they'll test your behind, oh, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But I know back then, I when I was 14 and I overdosed on cocaine, they didn't even test. They just believed me. I what? said no, no, and they said okay. Yeah, so they gave you something to come down. Yeah. Yep. Well, and, and so anyway, they so she so she goes, hold on a second, and so she picks up the phone and she calls her. She friend, calls in her warrior prayer group. <laughs> We're gonna go over to our prayer group, and I thought, oh man, here goes. You know, I, I look like Charlie Christ. Manson's brother. <laughs> you know, I hadn't shaved. I was had a beard, hadn't showered in a few days. I, I mean, I was borderline dead. Because the next step would have been to kill myself, another attempt, because now I'm facing to go to prison for the rest of my life. What else could happen? What more could go wrong in my life? And so... Uh, I know it could go more wrong. <laughs> She's going to get all her Jesus freak friends over right. and start praying And I, I have my you. hand on the door handle, ready to jump out of the car at any minute. <clears throat> but what did I have? I had no other alternative. My, my back was against the wall. I had no out. I always had an out. 
I could call somebody or something. Anybody I called wouldn't take my call. Nobody wanted to know me. After the jail. Just where he wanted you. Right, Just right. Where he wanted you. That's Absolutely. right. And, and and that's how you have to, especially, you know, when, you, when you're an observer listening to this, you would say, what you just said yeah this is just right where god wants you and how many people don't have that opportunity or when they get that opportunity they don't have anybody to help them yes understand the opportunity mm -hmm. and that's where ministry comes in i mean i didn't know i was sitting here 35 years later written nine books about this subject i didn't know but if god wanted to use me and these men and women at this prayer group explained to me, you can be born again, you can have a new life. Uh, I just talked to Jesus over by the fireplace. And I thought, oh boy. You know. <laughs> Are they on Here we go again. Over the fireplace, he was over there? I mean, believe <laughs> me, I, 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 I was so... They, they got the same disease as my sister. <laughs> right. It's Worse. contagious. <laughs> Worse. That's where she got it from. And so, um, you know, because my concept of Jesus was a host. Yeah. If you remember Catholicism, mm -hmm. the priest Abracadabra kind of, you know, made the sign of the cross and he magically changed the piece of bread into Jesus. And then that was you receiving Jesus. So I'm, and they're telling me, no, he's over there by the fireplace. And I'm thinking, was, is there a host over there or yeah. something? Is there some kind of, <laughs> I mean, that's how ignorant Somebody can I introduce was. me to him? Or he goes, well, will you, yeah, and he wants to meet you. And I said, oh, boy, no, here it goes. What did I get myself into? Where's the door? I'm looking for the door now to get Where's to run out, yeah. out of, just run away as fast as I can. But yet it was kept drawing me. It kept drawing me and drawing me and their love and their concern for me mm -hmm. and the easy explanation of what they were saying. Look at Marty, enough talk. That was what they said. I, do you believe, do you admit that you're a sinner? I said, listen, if that's what you want to call it, yeah, I guess I am. I'm living wrong. I'm, I know. I yeah. guess if, if that's what you want to, what you are you willing to repent? I said, "What's that? How do you do that? How do you? What's that? Repent? I thought repentance. Say ten our right. fathers, Hail Mary. I started to pray a Hail Mary. Uh, you know, they said you need to pray. That's how I was, and, and so a naive and, and innocently going into this thing. And so they said, "Look, that's enough." We're just going to pray for you, because the only prayer you know is our Father in Hail Mary. I said, "Yeah, just let's." I'll repeat the prayers, and so they did. I repeated the prayer, admitted I was a sinner, asked Jesus Christ to come into my life as my Lord and Savior. You know, it's kind of, and and then they said, "We're going to lay our hands on you and expect something to happen." What could happen? The last time somebody laid their hands on me, they put me in handcuffs. Yeah. <laughs> and handcuffed me to a chair <laughs> up by a swimming pool you in had Miami. some rights all of a sudden <laughs> they said well we're gonna lay our hands on you to mind i said i do whatever you got to do i don't care what you do because i felt a change that was already happened after the yeah, prayer you bet i said well we're just going to ask god to baptize you in the holy spirit and, and just you know we're going to move ahead a real fast forward on this christianity thing for you because you really need something and, and honestly, like three loud clashes of thunder, lightning hit the house. I wound up laying on the floor. Wow. Pat, oh, like I thought it was passed out. I guess it was slain in the spirit. And they're all looking over at me, all down at me like, you know, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Something happened to the guy. It really did work. And I wasn't the same from that day on. And so I realized when I was laying on that floor, there, there was something in me now that was washing me from the inside out that was cleaning me up, 
And, I, and, and that's the mystery mm-hmm. of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time of searching and understanding the scriptures correctly that what Paul, the Apostle Paul was teaching was this mystery. And we always were told as Roman Catholics there was a mystery of this whole thing. It's a mm-hmm. mystery of the Trinity, a mystery of this, everybody. No one had the right answer, but it was just this mystery. And so when I, and I always liked mysteries, uh, movies and books and that. And so <clears throat> when I read the scriptures, the mystery of the gospel would be breaking down the wall of partition between a Jew and a Gentile at that time when he wrote this. He was explaining that the spirit of, the, of God will break down that wall between the Jew and the Gentile and that Christ will come and live in you. That's the hope of glory. And that's what happened to me. Jesus Christ came to live in me. And in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, which is my favorite scripture about examine yourselves, know you not that you are in the faith, mm-hmm. that Jesus Christ lives in you. Mm-hmm. Well, the mystery solved. <laughs> the mystery was solved. That's right. And so now I can live my life with him in me, guiding me, listening to his, his still small voice reading his word, allowing him to open the doors in my life because I didn't want to open any doors myself. You felt it and knew it from that right. moment. And from that moment, and that plus, I was never the same. That was the convincing part. Even my father said to me, you know, I tried to change you all your life. I sent you to this school and that school, military school, and, the, and I couldn't change you. And it, there has to be a God because- But he saw the change in you. Oh yeah, and, and it changed him. It changed him, and that's the whole thing. You can't change anybody by direct action. That's the bombshell in this thing. It's got to be the Holy Spirit. Right. Only God can change you, and then people change in the relationship and reaction to how you've changed. So, so you can't force somebody into this, into this uh, new life. Right. And Second Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is right. gone, the new has come. Right. And, and, and until that happens... You're just observing, you know, you're just wondering. Because I had, my friend of mine took LSD and, and became a Jesus freak. And he, he was taking LSD all the time and he was trying to tell us about Jesus, but he was a drug addict. Mm-hmm. And it, so I would try these drugs and it never happened to me. <laughs> and, and uh, but I mean, he went on then and finally repented and became a pastor of a church and is still oh. to this day. Um, but, um, that was about my only exposure to to this, and and so he didn't seem like too new of a of a person. He had it up here where he was in his head, giving word and not out of his heart. And that's the difference between being a born again person, where Christ lives in you, than to have head knowledge. I had enough head knowledge, people. I mean, I had priests that would hit me. Tell me I'm going to do nothing as good good is going to come out of your life. You're just going to go to jail. You're just going to be a miserable kid. And that was my counseling. And it was kind of prophetic. Well, it is. <laughs> they spoke into your life. Yeah. They did. They did in, in an angry like way. like James says, you know, mm-hmm. the, the tongue, the, the speech from the tongue. Yeah. It speaks into your life. Whatever was spoken over your life over all those years, it, you kind of have to rebuke that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's those old tapes. And especially... When, it's, when you're older, it's harder when you're older because it's ingrained. you're set. I mean, the first five years of a child's life is probably the most important. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I t- help take care of these twins, 
they're praying and they believe in Christ. They go to this little Christian Bible school and, and they pray and hallelujah and, and, and quote Bible scriptures to me. <laughs> I never knew a Bible My scripture. My six-year-old is doing that now. <laughs> yeah. I said, they Where'd sent me their that? homework and I said, that's like four verses long. Right. And she said, well, but mommy, I finished the short ones and now I'm doing the long ones. And I'm oh. like, you're six years old. How are you? Yeah. I well, can't that's, even memorize that's, that. That's when it's supposed it's to happen. Amazing. Yeah. Even when they get old, and the Bible says as they get older, they won't depart from it. That's they will right. depart they from will. the point. The they will. And they'll go off and spread their wings. But I'll tell you what, I think if I would have gone to college and had that, what, you're, what you were just telling me, I don't think I would have fallen for this, some of the lies that the radical liberal professors were teaching. I don't think so, because you had the chance to at you least. You would have had your own identity it would be a balance. Christ. It right. would be a balance, just like with music. You know, people say, well, you know, what kind of music do you listen to now? Well, basically none, but uh, uh, Christian music. Um, but I had no balance, so I would believe these songs that were written. I, I apply, and so did, so did millions of people. Yes. Uh, would, and, they, and they glorified these writers. You know, remember John Lennon? Uh, well, John Lennon was the first person to turn me on to heroin, and he writes, he writes this. It was, became very famous that... Uh, they were more popular than God, than yeah, Jesus. I remember, saying, Jesus. I remember that being yeah. said. They were more popular than Jesus. And, um, I mean, that was a profound statement to make. And God is dead. Can you believe? Remember the song, Believe? Uh, can, don't believe in Jesus. Don't believe in this. Don't be, just believe in me and Yoko. And so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that's what they believe, and that's what I believed. I mean, there is no God. Yeah. There is no Jesus. And, and basically, that's what's happened even worse now yes. in this generation. Mm -hmm. Because yep. if you just listen to some of these people, even though you know you might not like our president, our new president, you might not like the guy personally because he's kind of rough around the edges. He but he's not trying to – huh? He won't necessarily be your next BFF. Well, right. <laughs> but, you know – I, I didn't vote for a guy that I want to be his buddy. Right, right, I wanna, right. I, You know, it made sense. And, and if, when you try to look at the left and when you try to look at the they have absolutely no idea about life. I'm not talking about, uh, you know, um, uh, who they should vote for. I mean, that's their right to have. But when you listen to some of them, they have absolutely no meaning. There's no morals. There's no fiber there that other than they just – hate this guy now, right. and they want their own way, they want to do this, and they want to do that. He's well, not my president. Right. And, and I mean, so you can argue about that a, a lot, but it gets you absolutely nowhere being a radical liberal with no foundation. Mm -hmm. You're going to get in trouble. Something's going to happen to your life that's not going to be good. These kids think, oh, we'll just do this, and I'm just going to demonstrate, and I'm going to do my own thing out there. Well, guess what? God's not going to, just because you don't want him in your life, doesn't mean that he doesn't want to be in your life. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. He, and when those God. Intrude. <laughs> that's right. And when those God moments come, and they'll come. Mm -hmm. Not when you're, when you're a young man that you don't even think about God. You know, God's up there somewhere. He's over just in Africa. He's over just don't Africa. let it be a two by four upside the head. <laughs> right. Trust right. me. Well, there's my favorite. There's a way that seems right unto a man. Mm -hmm. But in the end thereof are the ways mm -hmm. of death. Right. I mean, I thought that I was doing right. And in people's eyes, just like today, you look at these celebrities that these people put up on pedestals, they, 
oh wow, you know, anything they say they listen to. They're not as they're not as gullible anymore because they've seen the consequence. They've seen very We've successful got information drop generation. Dead. Right. Yeah. yeah. We didn't. The only t- person that we knew at that time when Hendrix died, I just thought, gee, well, it's not going to happen to me. Janis uh, Joplin dies. Well, it's not going to happen to me. You think you would have learned from that person's death? It's a drug addict that you that I was. No, it's just not going to happen to me. I'm not going to allow it to happen. Yeah, everybody around you's just dropping off like flies, and you're just oh well. Yeah, not you know, weaker. To me. They must have had the wrong stuff or something. You justify it, and you're right mm-hmm. because you have nothing to weigh it against. Right, nothing. It's, and then you have the void that's there, so you're trying to fill it with whatever, whatever you can: drinking, drugging, women, men, what you name it jobs and all these little idols that we make in our lives to Mm -hmm. try to fill the void and so somebody has to come along and that's why you know when i first saw your site uh, god's stories and that there's testimonies of people that have come through and are able to still be alive and be able to share the people that whoever's out there listening can relate to these situations it's pretty simple and that they can apply some of these own these principles to their own life, and maybe they'll change. I don't know when it'll happen. I don't know what's going to happen to mm-hmm. get your attention so that God seriously wants to change you. Mm-hmm. And when you give a but, like that actor that I reached out to, he said, and I said, listen, nine months to 12 months in a Christian rehab, and 86% success ratio when I worked at Teen Challenge. And wow. Well, Teen Challenge is a good one. Right, and I worked there. I worked in the one in California. And so I wanted to get this fellow. I said, don't worry about, you know, they, they believe their own PR, that they're these great people. And, and they won't bring themselves down to remember where they came from. So they got to go to a faith-based program with a bunch of other people that are just as bad, if not mm-hmm. worse. And I can't go. But, well, I'll, uh, well, Marty, that was good. But there's, there came this but, but. in the letter. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I have a new movie that I'm working on. And I, I don't have the time for don't nine or 12 time. months. Yeah. I, 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 I'm going to go to this one of these rehabs over here in, in Malibu. And, and, but thank you very much. I appreciate you. God bless you. And, and I appreciate you re- reaching out to me and sending me a book was great. Whether you read it or not, I don't know. But, um, uh, and he got back in trouble again. And not a lot of the same celebrities that a lot of these, the girls, Lindsay and Paris and these people, I was always in contact with them through the chaplain of the jail. So when one of them got arrested, he would give him my book. We would go in and talk to them, try to or go to court. I was going to serve uh, the time. I, I volunteered to serve any jail time that they would get any of these little girl celebrities if they would just go to a 12-month faith-based program. None of them were ready, yeah. and I, which is understandable because I don't think I would have been ready at back They're then. They're young. You know, too. I wasn't yeah. ready. My They're sister, young. I waited until <laughs> I was 35 years old and going to prison the rest of my life. Then maybe I'm ready. The little wake-up call. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I went into prison with Chuck Colson. I remember Chuck Colson. Oh, yeah. And I worked for him for, for quite a while. And I went into a, a death row with Chuck Colson. Now, Chuck could get a lot of doors open in prisons. And so uh, he was uh, special at, uh, at uh, what was his title? Special uh, advisor to the president of the United States, Richard Nixon. He had the office right to the right off of uh, Nixon's office in the White House. So, and then he became a Christian because of the Watergate, uh, got arrested, all these oh, guys yeah, got arrested. And they, yes, and so 
not many people even remember Chuck anymore. But he was a great man, and he, uh, we, so we go into this death row in this hardened state prison. It wasn't federal prison, and and uh, and this, you didn't even go near this guy's cell because there was there was just feces all over the place and urine, and nobody even wanted to talk to this guy. He was just uh, gone. So Chuck decides. <laughs> To go talk to him. Hey, I know somebody I'll <laughs> talk to. Him. Let me go get Marty in here. So it's Chuck and I and a, a couple of his travel guys, and we go up Let's there. Let's get Marty, Marty in. Going, oh boy, what did I get myself into? Um, but so he's talking to the guy about Jesus will change your life. He tells him, and the guy's looking th- like through this little peep thing. You right. know, it wasn't even you couldn't even get at the guys. All you could see was this that, guy's right. eyes. And he's real mad, angry. He says, Jesus will change. He says, uh, I'm not ready. <laughs> and Chuck and I looked at each other and we we're like, do you know where you are? What do you mean you're not ready? He goes, no, I'm not ready. I, I, I've, got, I've got things to do before I would, would go along with what you're saying. And we just were like, you know, that is, has to be the ultimate of of." turning your back on God. Uh-huh. When you know you're going to die, you're on death row, and yet you still say, I'm not ready. I'm not mm-hmm. ready. I don't Un- need Unbelievable. Jesus. And we walked away like shaking our heads going, well, we tried. I don't know. Maybe a seed was planted. Because I've sent my book into uh, many prisons around the country. And I, in fact, I wrote another book with a lot of the letters that came from inmates that had read the book. And right. one guy was in solitary confinement. And uh, Never read a book in his life. Never wrote letters and hated everything and everybody. And he, and he was down on the, they had him in solitary for some reason or another. And, and he's doing sit-ups. That was the thing. Sit-ups and push-ups. He'd do them all day long. And he, and he was, happened to glance over to his bunk. And he, and he looks under his bunk and there's a book. And, and he said, uh, this is a letter he writes to me. And he says, because uh, I looked at this book, I pulled the book out. It says, once life matters, a new beginning. And he says, ha, and he throws the book back under the, under the bunk. Now he goes to bed, and he's sleeping, and he wakes up in the middle of the night, and he remembers his mother told him, I wish that you had a new beginning in life. I wish that something would good would happen to you, and you could have this new beginning. Now he's thinking, there's a book underneath this bunk. It says right. something With instructions, about it. yeah, yeah, right. And he read the book. He said, Marty, I couldn't put the book down. And, and he says, it changed my life. He said, I, the chaplain used to try to come to my cell and try to tell me about Jesus and give me a Bible. I didn't want to know anything. They told me to get out. Don't bother me. Get away from me. He says, and then after I read your book, I got on my knees. I repented. I said the prayer in the book. And then I asked to see the chaplain. And the chaplain came and ministered to the man and gave him a Bible. And, and uh, you know, God's Amen. life was changed. And so I guess he was ready. Yeah, um, <laughs> as you compare, you know, you don't want to cast your pearls before swine, as the no. Bible says. You know, you just move on to the to the next, and it's that's the difference between Christianity and religion. Now, I know there's a lot of sects sects of Christianity, right? Thirty thousand denominations, right? But the it's all man made, though, right? And so, so I learned personally, and I think all of you know that it's an experience that happens within. Mm-hmm. And until it happens within, you're an outsider looking in. Like That's I right. said before, I felt like I was always an outsider looking in, no matter where I went. 
And so once he does come into you, that's the difference. There's the difference between Christianity and anything. Now, true Christianity, born again. I went to church all my life and I don't, all my young life, and that never happened to me. So it's not the building no. that, that happened that makes you, though you can go to a building and, and he'll find you wherever you are, right. though, right? It's, it's either, I read, I read a tweet the other day of uh, Spam was saying, you don't go to church uh, to find God. You, uh, uh, he's, he, you know, you're not going to find God in a church. And I said, I beg, beg to differ with you. Why are you limiting God? God, you can find God anywhere. He'll find you in a prison cell. He can find you sitting in the pew of a church. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of these times it's going to click. Mm-hmm. Well, at least mm-hmm. you're there. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, Marty, well, I want to remember you just a second. Sure. Um, I'd like to say goodnight to our listeners on Mixler. We're going to be losing you in just a minute because um, we only have a one-hour time slot on Mixler. But you will be able to hear the uh, Marty in its entirety. It will be posted uh, uh, this evening, so you'll be able to get it tomorrow. So we thank you for listening. Thank you, Mixler listeners. Yes. Good night. Wherever you are. So anyway, where was it? Um, are we still going? Or we were talking about oh. God will find you Anywhere. wherever Anywhere. you are. Right. Whether it's in a pew. And right. if they're in the church, at least they're in the church. Well, at least they're going. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Maybe for the wrong reasons or what. Mm-hmm. But, but um, and maybe it's not the right one. And and I think you know what the, the right the, reason or the right church or the, what right I mean you could be in the wrong church I mean maybe I, maybe I was in the wrong church um, uh, when I was growing up but um, there is I always go, revert back to the book of Job when I try to think I got God all figured out and, and uh, <laughs> there's a there's some scripture in there where where God <laughs> questions Job mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. And you will asks, answer right he goes where were you were you where were you when I made the foundations of the world? Mm-hmm. Uh, how, tell me, how does this tide go up and down the waves and the bird fly in the sky? Can you tell me that? I mean, and, and, and it's so to try to limit God to anything, you uh, can't. I mean, he's, he's been around here longer than we, and I cannot put a time limit. I mean, I'm not a futurist. I'm a, a nowist, I guess I would be called, you know, the, the kingdom of God is now within you. The Bible teaches that, you know, Jesus said the kingdom, God is a spirit, that those that worship him will worship him in the spirit and the truth, and that the kingdom is within you. You have Christ the king living in you, changing you from the inside out if you're a new creature in Christ. Mm-hmm. That's literal now. I mean, that was literal then, back when Paul wrote these scriptures. Right. So that generation that was living at that time, they they knew, they changed at that point. And so... Yes, there were things that were going to still happen. Judgment was going to happen within that generation because that's what Jesus said was going to be in that generation. And so they had a lot of judgment coming to them. And then in 70 AD, the temple was destroyed and this whole thing was a wind-up so that every generation that goes through this life, whether it's you were born in the first generation or the 21st generation, you have a chance at this New life. New life. New right. And I'm not going to limit it and say we're the last generation. We're, this is going to end because uh, he said his kingdom is forever. It's everlasting kingdom. So our kids have a chance at it. Their six-year-old that 
that's quoting scripture to you, she could have a full life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I worked with people in ministry that said they didn't even buy health insurance, life insurance, because they thought oh, Jesus is coming back. It's going to happen any minute, <laughs> and, and he's going to come, and I don't need life insurance. What do I need life insurance for? I, and and, and uh, he died without life insurance. <laughs> and And so we all have to live this life where there's no getting out of it I talked to a 93-year-old man the other day, picking up a prescription for his wife that was 97. Uh, and, and all she says every day is, I wish God would take me. Oh, uh, She was oh, in man. so much pain. Oh. And it just, you know, she's been praying this prayer for years, he said. It's just, God, just take me. And, and I've had many a people die in my life, in my family, my friends, almost every year somebody's dying i mean my sister who shouldn't have gotten lung cancer never smoked never drank in her life gets lung cancer and dies and she was you know a warrior for christ Mm -hmm. but there's a time for that to happen and we're all going to go through these situations so that's why i can't say just us four and no more god Mm -hmm. just take us our denomination over here and we're the ones that are chosen and we're going to be the ones, and these other people can stay back, and they, they can go through tribulation and all that. We're going to be out of that. I, I dropped that years ago, that thought, because it didn't make any sense to me. Because it wasn't, it, it, you know, I was being taught that the kingdom was yet to come, that this futuristic kingdom is going to come, and we're all going to live over in Israel and, and <laughs> Jerusalem. And, and I thought, thinking, it doesn't say that in the Bible. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is within us. What happened to me was the king came to live in me. Amen. Right? That's right. And, and we are the new Jerusalem Amen. now because he said the old, if you book, read the book of Galatians, he said that they were, even though they had more, the old Jewish religion had more uh, converts, so to speak, um, that was, they were from the seed of Hagar. Right, mm-hmm. and we are um, the Galatians were the, the seed of Isaac. Right, they were the seed that the promised seed that the new Jerusalem they, they become a new city. Abraham said, "You look upon a new city," and so that's the difference between the old and the new. And the new is the new comes in you, and he sits as king in you now, and then you are become a part of this church, his body of Christ, we're his mm-hmm. body. I mean, it makes sense that right. way. Then to say it's going to happen sometime in the future, I mean, it's, is, it, is it now or is it the future? I mean, when do we accept the fact that Christ is king and Lord now? Why can't we give him what he's due? That's right. Well, instead so- of waiting for something to happen that is based upon man, Telling you, telling, telling you me you that, that you should believe happen. this. Well, I believed all that when I was a kid, and that never happened. Why am I going to believe you now just because you went to a Bible college? I want to learn myself. I want to get into my Bible and study my Bible. And I thank God for prison because I had two and a half years to study it. Wow. And apply it to my life. I graduated from four Bible colleges. I got my degrees. And it, it, it was meaningless because I, I wasn't trying to prove anything. Was it you that reads the Bible every year? No. Oh. I do read through it. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I look at it all the time, but I don't have a, a, a regiment of it. But I, I do, I was trying to, there was a test that I took in, in prison. 
So here's a guy in prison. I, I have to relate to Paul because Paul, the Apostle Paul, this guy, you know, when somebody says, well, Marty, you know, you've been in prison, you, you know, what's God going to give you? You're a prisoner, you're a drug addict. Well, listen, Paul was a, was a, a Jew of all Jews, he said, calls himself. He killed Christians, mm-hmm. and he wrote half the Bible. So don't tell me that God can't speak Take to your that, heart yeah. and use you if you're willing to be used. If you, if, how come he doesn't do it for this guy? Maybe that guy has not applied himself enough. Maybe he hasn't studied enough. Maybe, maybe God does really have a plan for all of us. Yeah. Who knows? What do you think Joseph felt in the clink? That's right. Unjustly. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I deserve you know, to thinking, be there. <laughs> Hello, goes from yeah. the prison to the palace in less right. than 24 hours. Yes, so he does. And, and, and look, what he, look what God accomplished out of his life. Right. His destiny. That's right. Was to go through all of that in order to save, save his, his family. family. And his, and, That's right. And thousands and thousands. That's right. Yeah. Probably millions. So, so who knows uh, what is going to come out of it, as long as you don't limit God. Right. And you can't limit us to this is the final generation that we're living in, and that this is all going to come to an, an end someday. And and uh, uh, I don't believe that. And 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 I can, and I have to question those that do, only because the ones that do have given out. Fa- I remember when Harold Camping. Do you remember Harold Camping? He had a radio. He's an old guy. He had a radio. Mm-hmm. He said that Jesus was coming back on. June 21st or something, yep. or May 21st, and everybody sold their stuff that were followers <laughs> of him. They really, they literally That's sold. That's happened a few times Right, in yes, our absolutely. And, you know, they were sad signs. The end is coming, May 21st. And I challenged him. I said, I'll give you $10,000. I'll bet you $10,000 it's not going to happen, pal. That's what I said to him. It's not going to happen. Oh, no, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I said, well, then put $10,000 in the bank. And I'll put ten thousand dollars in the bank, and if it does happen, well, you know, it happened, and I lost. You don't need the ten thousand dollars anyway. But if That's it doesn't happen, thinking. I want your ten thousand dollars. Right? It wouldn't take the bet. <laughs> <laughs> he apologized eventually about that before he died, because then he said another. Oh, I was wrong in my calculations. It's going to be October or something. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever comes back and says they're sorry and that they were wrong. Oh no. They just go on and buy more books. Hal Lindsey was another one. And I was affected mm-hmm. by Hal Lindsey when I first read his book yeah. and saw his movie, Late Great Planet Earth, because yeah. it made sense. Mm-hmm. And we were told in college that the end of the world was coming. I mean, we're going to blow ourselves off the face of the earth. The Russians, they hear, that's a familiar word nowadays, isn't it? The Russians Boy, did everything. Right. They were going to blow us up, we're gonna, and there's no need to do anything. We're all going to die. So what, what was there to live for? So we, we, we lived for today, so to speak, and uh, faced the consequences of life. And some of us didn't make it, unfortunately, yeah. in my generation. Right. We're mm-hmm. dead. That's right. And I'm sad when I think about that because it's not, it's not complicated. We just make it complicated. Mm-hmm. Well, Marty. Yes, sir. We could talk all night. Yes. I'll tell you, but. We're going to have to wrap it up because we got to get you out of here okay. because I got uh, a bunch of texts and there's going to be some prison guys and some bikes Good. waiting for you at IHOP. Good. Yes. Let's go. And they the tuned meeting in. after the meeting. They meeting tuned the... in tonight on uh, Mixler, so they've already heard a great uh, good portion of your testimony. Isaac and uh, Gary. Isaac and Gary I'm will be there. they yeah. good friends with Murph the Surf. Murph. Oh, they are. You know mm-hmm. Murph the Surf. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Murph wrote the foreword in my book. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, uh, good right. friend. Yeah, yes. they're they're really looking for They'll be rolling in there with some loud motorcycles. We were supposed to get Murph the Surf on here. He said he was going to do it, too, but it never happened. Really? Yeah. 
Well, that's I spoke tough. to him that's personally. Tough. Oh, really? Yeah, he came to our church. Yeah, one time. he's he's not far. From, I think I, I know he lives in Florida. He does. I've he never been to his house, but he's a busy guy. Yeah, he is. I bet. Yeah, he and he's getting older now, and and he travels a lot. Lot. Well, I when mean, we sit would... down to tonight, I will bring it up again because oh, yeah. Isaac and Gary see him all the time. Oh, good. Yeah, and it's not far. I mean, it would be nice to. Well, you know, th- this is where you know a calling or or Skype or something. Well, like that. Well, he, he's work. always all over the place. We just find a time when he's right. going to be in this area. That's right. All. Yeah, it'd be nice to have him live. In here. Yeah. Tell us about your book and how they can life. find out. My book is available through Amazon.com. You can go on my website, MartyAngelo.com, and there's a. A, a link called store and that brings you to all of the different books that I've written uh, page after page and then you can click on the link and it takes you to Amazon to buy it and what's the name of the book well the first book I wrote was vision uh, I'm sorry is uh, once life matters a new beginning and, and and the second book I wrote was visions of new Jerusalem now and that was more of a textbook talk kind of talking about uh, about what we were just speaking about uh, us being well, the Jerusalem and that actually that I wrote that book now. first and I wrote this second actually but I never published it first oh, this you one, published the other but this one. was was yeah. more of a testimony and I wanted to reach out to prisoners and that but mm-hmm. the other one was more uh, detailed and tell us about your ministry too well the ministry I've done for 35 years in rehabs and prisons and c- celebrities go to court uh, trying to help them get into rehabs or um, uh, I've got traveled to all the prisons just about in the united states and speak and but you try to steer and, them to the christian yes rehabs because they're yeah. they have a better rate of um, yeah i mean the lady i was telling you about that i went to see at the at the psychiatric hospital yes you know, she she was oh yeah 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 and then that word came up but, but, mm-hmm. but i've got my kids and my guy i said look i gotta go so i mean it's not i don't mean to be like that with some people but you can't, I, I had, when I was working at Teen Challenge in California, the, the parents would come in and be crying, crying. The kid be sitting there like, you know, just look at him. And, I, and it, it reminded me of me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I probably would have been that kid. Yeah, and and right. I said, you know, and if they're crying, oh, you're my son. And da, 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 da. I said, uh, uh, why don't you take a walk around and look at the campus? Because we had a beautiful campus and it was in the castle. And um, so they went and the kid is, you know, it's going to be just me and the, the, the young man. And he said, uh, son, let me tell you, tell me why we should take you here. And he says, I don't want to come here. And he said, tap my watch. Got to go. And got up from the desk and walked out the door. And he said, wait a minute. Aren't you going to try to talk me into coming here? I said, no. <laughs> I asked you, why should we take you? I said, I have a list. Of it's 100 not for names. those who need it. It's for those who want That's it. That's right. A hundred names on this list. They have to stay straight. They have to call me every day, and they have to attend our church service on Sunday. Try doing that for a while. Then maybe we'll take you. So that's the difference. I mean, desperate, want to, I am going to die. I need the help. Mm-hmm. Help me. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll stay here for five years. There's a place in Okeechobee called Duncan Memorial Camp, if you've ever heard of it. It's a year-long program. Then you can stay for another year, uh, take their leadership class, and become a minister. You can go to the Bible college. You can go on and start your own faith-based program. That's the type mm. of program that I work. Those are the types of programs I work with. And I'll only make referrals to those programs. It's the only ones that work. I, I, I sometimes say 
I wish there was another way that I could tell you, but it's there's mm, not. That's right. <laughs> if somebody that's wants right. to reach out for help, how can they contact you? They could look on my site. There's an email address on there, marty at martyangelo.com. Yep. I'll be glad to send them a book if they want a testimony book, uh, free of charge. Uh, if they have somebody in prison that uh, I'd need their name and number and their location, I can find them. And um, be glad to send them a book, a letter, uh, put an inscription in the book. Uh, if they're in a rehab, be glad to reach out for them and, and, and supply them with a book. Very good. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. Wow. wow. Session 117. Yes, sir. Marty, thank yes, you sir. so much it's my for Thanks. taking time out of your yes, busy schedule. and uh, Drive about, what, five miles or five hours here? Five, five miles. miles. Yeah. <laughs> I wish five, it was miles. five miles. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm up here for t- uh, other reasons, too, so okay. that's why we kind of tied it in with the All right. state. Yeah, oh, that that's fantastic. Out. God and, planned yeah, it out perfect. Out we got to get him out of here because Isaac and them will be up there waiting on him. Yeah. I, I told him 845, so anyway. Is it close? Yeah. It yes. is. Okay. It is, but... Be sure and go to martyangelo.com and right on the front page you'll see all of his books there and I think I'll get that one addiction is not a disease because we talked about that yes, tonight and uh, man just uh, it's just, a good one right? just really everything just really touched me Marty thank you so much alright and uh, that about wraps it up for session 117 I'm Fritz I'm Mike and I'm Trish God bless God bless